Philip and I are now joined by Luke McMurtry. He is an NFL agent for Armed Sports. Uh, he's an Oklahoma State graduate, class of 2016. He was fortunate, uh, we're fortunate enough to have him on uh, after a few crazy days of the NFL draft, you know, the weirdest draft we've ever had uh, with everything being virtual. But he had a few guys get signed, so we wanted to come on and talk to him about that. Luke, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for you guys having me. Just glad the draft's kind of winding down and back to, back to normal life. Well, normal oh. is a relative term. Um, no such thing as normal anymore. Yeah. New normal, which is still a weird statement to me. But, uh, okay, so, I mean, first question is, I mean, NFL draft. Uh, obviously, this isn't your first one, so it's, you can offer some, com- some comparison between, you know, like last year and this year. I- I'm just curious, like, what is, what's the draft process like? Like, as soon as a season is over and a guy decides he wants to go pro or he's a senior, so obviously his, he's expired his, his eligibility. How does the process go from, from that day to basically Sunday when the draft yeah. is over and, and teams start trying to sign undrafted free agents? Like, just kind of walk us through that process. No, it's a really good question because even a lot of guys coming out of college, whether they come out early as juniors or as seniors, don't even know about the process um, until the first time we talk to them. Um, so after their last game, whether that's the college football playoff, whether it's a bowl game, whether they don't make a bowl game, um, they typically sign with an agent in the next couple of days after that. Um, once they sign with an agent, um, the agent usually ships them off to a training facility. Um, so some of the big name training facilities are Exos. There's multiple locations all throughout. There's Michael Johnson's performance. Uh, Michael Johnson's, I know there's some Oklahoma State guys, um, some OU guys um, who've trained at both of those. Um, they go train at these facilities and then for about six hours a day, they're training. Um, they've got medical there. They've got everything there. They've got hotel, they've got car paid for. Um, so all they do is train for the next essentially eight weeks, whether they're going to the combine or the pro day. Um, it's anywhere from eight to 12 weeks of just training. Um, once the agent signs them, kind of ships them off to that facility and say, okay, here's my baby. Um, do what you can with them. Um, and you just trust those facilities almost to do everything from there on. Um, so they train the entire time. Then they, Right before, the con- or right before the combine happens, um, they'll get flown out there. They'll get flown out there a day early, kind of go through medicals, do all of that. And during that whole combine prep process, they're training physically, they're training mentally. Um, they're doing interview prep. Um, they're working with sports psychologists um, to kind of work through different problems they've had in the season. There's so many different things agencies or training facilities offer um, to kind of, you know, be the new, what's new, what's cool, um, kind of give their clients a new advantage. Um, so you go to the combine and then as soon as the combine's over, you go right back to your training facility again. Um, and you start training for pro day. Um, and a lot of the guys kind of look at combine training. They're super happy and super excited. And a lot of people don't know the guys, all the guys are really doing are working out and running around cones. Um, if you think about the combine, there's no actual football done. Um, we'll catch a, th- catch a couple balls, throw a couple balls. Um, but other than that, they're just running around cones. Um, so that's about eight to 12 weeks of their life after pro day. Um, the, the world kind of calms down. They kind of go back home, go see their family, um, and just kind of keep in shape for the draft. Um, and then right after pro day um, is over, that's when everyone's phones start getting blown up. Um, for example, one of our clients this year um, had 19 different teams call him, um, and he was an undrafted player. Um, so typically right after the pro day, um, in a normal, a normal year, didn't happen this year, but a normal year, um, that's when teams start calling players and they'll bring them out for medicals. Um, they'll fly them in, fly them into their facility, meet with the GM, the head coach, different scouts, just really get to know the kid. Um, especially if the kid um, is going to be a first round pick. So they're going to invest $20 million into him. Um, if there's a, re- a red or yellow flag, kind of work through that and just get to know his character, get to know his personality. Um, this year, they didn't get to have that. Um, so they didn't get to bring in guys for medicals who might not have went to the NFL combine. 
um, they really didn't get to get into guys' characters and personalities. So you saw a lot of guys, if they had a character issue, off the field issue, if they had a physical issue, medical, um, a lot of those guys dropped in the draft this year when typically they would have been second, third rounders. Some of those guys went fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted. Um, and so that was kind of a huge wrench thrown into our planning period. Um, but then, so if that next month after pro day, before the draft, you're just interviewing, picking up calls. I mean, their phones are getting around 7.30 a.m. was the earliest call we had this year. We had one guy get called at midnight. Um, and so they're just kind of answering calls, just kind of keeping ready and then getting ready for that big day. Um, and it's different whether you're preparing to be a first round pick or you're preparing to be undrafted. Um, some guys have the draft parties and some guys don't. Um, you go through the first, second day of the draft, you know, rounds one and then two and three. Um, and then day three is kind of the crazy day is what they, what they call it. It's kind of a wild west, as you could say, when it's undrafted. Um, a lot of people don't know about the undrafted process, but teams start calling probably around the fifth, sixth, seventh round, um, talk, calling us agents, um, saying like, hey, if your guy goes undrafted, we would love to have him here. Um, they've kind of been recruiting him sometimes throughout the season. We'll have a GM call him um, just to kind of, you know, butter him up, make him feel real special. Um, and so that sixth, seventh round, I mean, it's just insane. You're fielding calls from all different teams. You're hearing from teams who might not even have reached out during the draft process, um, who are just kind of trying to gauge what interest you and your clients are getting. Um, so you get those deals, and as soon as the draft is over, it is a wild west. You're getting – me and my partner were in the same room this year. He was getting 10 calls. I was getting 10 calls. Um, you're just getting those deals done super quickly because they'll say, hey, we've got a $20,000 signing bonus. I need an answer right this second. It's like, hey, I've got to call my client. And they're like, no, we don't have time. Um, and sometimes if you can't give them an answer right then, they'll pull that offer and they'll go offer somebody else. Um, and so it's a very insane time on day three. Um, but it's fun and it's crazy. And we were lucky with our guys this year. It worked out very well for all of them. Um, but it's a very crazy process after the draft. Um, and so now that the guys signed, we got all actually shipped, actually shipped my last contract in today. Um, FedEx it back to the Seahawks. Um, and so now it's kind of just more chill and everyone's getting ready for virtual rookie mini camps, which I don't even know what that means necessarily yet because the NFL teams don't. Um, and they're preparing to do all of rookie mini camp online. Well, that, that all sounds incredibly crazy. chaotic. <laughs> um, sorry, I just kind of rambled on that a little bit. Um, it's no, no, that was awesome. Um, and that's um, during the process when we're recruiting kids, um, we'll talk to parents and some parents are even like, oh, you know, we're thinking about not having an agent or something like that. And it's like, okay, guys, uh, that's not a very good idea because um, it is chaotic. And especially this year, um, every single agent and agency in the business learned a whole lot this year, um, kind of how to deal with all this adversity and keep your clients focused during it all. Did you do anything yesterday? We're recording this on Tuesday. Sunday was last day. Did you do anything yesterday to like, at least were you able to, have you been able to take a deep breath after everything those three days entailed? So I thought I would. Um, me and my partner were talking like, hey, we're not talking work for the rest of the day. Um, long story short, I had, I'm already recruiting for 2021. Um, that's the thing with us. The day after the draft, it starts. Um, I had two kids already reach out. I've been speaking with a little bit. Just like, hey, man, how's, how'd the draft go? Let's hop on the phone. Um, to talk to them for a little bit. Then I had clients who already in the NFL call and just want to talk about the draft. So sat on the phone for about four or five hours, um, just talking to those guys. Um, but other than that, just shipped out some contracts um, at FedEx and then just talked on the phone. Um, so it was, a, it was a little much. I'm trying to just have a cool little week, but there's not really downtime for us, man. That's wild. That's wild. So I'm curious, you know, this is such a different year. And you, you mentioned some things, including guys, you know, not getting to have medicals. I saw a lot of guys drop in the draft. What are some of the other things that were different that maybe people don't realize between this year and, and previous drafts? Absolutely. Um, there are two huge things. 
um, a lot of guys missed their pro days um, because as soon as all the states started coming down with um, stay-at-home orders and all that type of thing, schools were not allowed to have their pro days. Scouts weren't allowed to travel. Um, and so that, that's one huge problem that I'll get into. Um, and then the other was they weren't allowed to bring them in. Like I kind of touched on a little bit earlier, they weren't allowed to bring them in um, and get to know their personalities and do their medicals. Um, so that really especially hurt small school guys. Um, I'll give a couple examples. So we had a tight end from Arkansas this year. Um, he did not get a combine invite, but he did go to his pro day. Um, his pro day was on March 14th, uh, March 13th, sorry. His pro day was on March 13th. So luckily he got to have that. Um, we got to get out clean. It was good. And then really the next night is when they canceled the NBA season. Um, and as soon as the NBA season got canceled, of course, all these colleges, all these NFL teams were like, well, we can't be sending our scouts out to all these different states. Um, and one thing that actually probably no one's thought of is a lot of the typical age, probably the average age for an NFL scout is 50, 55 plus. Um, and so especially the teams, I mean, those, they're more at risk the older you get. Um, and so a lot of teams are like, we, we're not going to send you out anywhere. Um, and so more than half of the pro days were completely canceled. Um, and so when I mean canceled, these kids have been training for 8, 10, 12 weeks for this one pro day if you didn't get invited to the combine. They're training for this one day, and then that rug just gets pulled out from under them, and it's canceled. Um, so we were forced to do virtual pro days, um, which were a very weird deal. Um, when we pulled out all of a sudden, we, we essentially made our own pro day. I mean, we had tape on the wall. We measured their hands, their wingspan, everything. Um, we had three cameras doing the 40 time, the three cones, shuttle, all that kind of different stuff. And while you think, okay, you could video it, you know, get the times and kind of get the laser – the problem is there are a lot of players kind of, you know, running a couple too many four threes or too many four fours. Um, there were a couple verts that were a little high. Um, so that actually hurt the rest of the entire draft class. Um, because once these virtual pro days started coming out and we tried to make ours as legitimate as possible, we hired a former NFL scout and a former senior bowl scout to come and do all the times, do all of the measurements. And we videoed him doing all this. Um, all of that to say, these NFL teams do not trust those times and those measurements unless they are there recording them themselves. Um, even at the NFL combine, it's laser time. Um, so you see on NFL network, blah, 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 ran a four, four, one. The NFL scouts don't use that time. They are, it's a little old school, um, but they trust their hand times so much more than they trust that laser time. Um, and so we did have a laser system set up for our pro day, but I, as soon as I sent that out, I had scouts texting me, well, I timed them at this. So these scouts are literally timing from a video we sent them and they aren't believing our laser time. They only believe their hand time taken off a video on YouTube. Um, so it was a very different situation, um, especially with everyone bluffing about their times. Um, so you kind of just, you know, you had to hire, you had to get that scout there. You had to have a very good video crew. Um, we made it as professional as possible and send it out um, and hope, hope for the best. That's that is the most old school, stubborn, likes a baseball pitcher because his girlfriend's hot nonsense in relation to making sure I've got to use my hand timer because my hand got the fastest clicker in the West. My goodness, that's ridiculous. Oh, you hear Scott say, oh, I don't trust that Scott's time. He's too young. His timer, his, his hand isn't timing correctly. <laughs> his thumb doesn't move quick enough. Like, it, 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 you're a little bit older than he is. Don't you think the young cat would have a little bit quicker thumb? Um, it's absolutely old school, outdated, and ridiculous. Hopefully no scouts are listening to this. Um, but it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous because I trust a laser, and I feel like everyone should, but the NFL does not. Okay. That's, okay. 
learn something I mean, new every day, I guess. Obviously, the biggest thing that sucks is, you know, because I've, I've heard some people talk about, like, the biggest thing for the combine, like, from viewer standpoint, it's the underwear Olympics. It's fun to watch them go out, three-cone drill, 40-time. But for NFL teams, that is the least important part, it seems, of the actual combine. What really matters is the medicals and, and the interviews, and the opportunity to get those guys set up in front of you and talk with them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they must have – I know that that's the same thing for pro days. It's still an opportunity to, to check the medicals or, and, and interviews and, and fly guys out. And obviously you're not mm-hmm. flying guys out. So we're, we're NFL teams doing more Zoom meeting type things with, with prospects, or how much of that was going on? Yes, everything was done over Zoom meetings. Um, and just like when you, when you zoom with anyone for a work community, it's not as personal. Um, you really don't get in their personalities. You don't get to see how they walk, how they, when you get to sit down and eat with someone, you know, like when you break bread with someone, really, when you really get to know them, um, and talk about old school mentality, that's what they all think. They think we don't really get to know you unless we break bread with you and sit down and have a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were all done over zoom. Um, there were, one of my clients had literally had a meeting with a head coach, a scout, a positional coach and the GM all in one zoom meeting. Um, and he was at his college house. Um, and so just, it was a very weird deal. Um, everyone was doing zoom meetings and everyone isn't used to doing, um, virtual meetings. So a lot of guys having Wi-Fi problems. A lot of guys couldn't download zoom quickly enough, um, before the meeting. So everything was really done on zoom. There were a lot more phone calls pre-draft, um, that were done that a lot more phone calls were done pre-draft than normal, um, because they were trying to make up for not even being able to interview them after those pro days. Um, so a lot of FaceTimes and it was kind of funny because you see these 55-year-old positional coaches FaceTiming a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid. Um, so it was, it was pretty funny. Um, but that absolutely did hurt all of the guys um, who didn't get a combine and didn't get to really meet the person in real life. Yeah. I we can call it old school, but a handshake says a lot. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So you talked about Saturday kind of being like the Wild West and being chaotic, but you're able to get a lot of your clients – you know, they had their dreams realized. How rewarding is that for you to kind of, to play a part in that and helping these guys reach their dream of getting to the NFL? Oh, I mean, that's, that's what you, I mean, that's, that's my Christmas is what I call it. I mean, I didn't sleep the night before um, because I was so excited and I stayed up till 4.30 a.m. Um, Saturday night because my brain was still just going and I was excited. Um, that's everything. Because um, you dream about that, even us three, um, who never probably had a chance to make the NFL. As soon as you pick up a ball, you kind of dream of that. Um, grew up seeing Peyton Manning and Brett Favre playing, so everyone dreams of that. Um, and so to get to call my guys afterwards, like after the deal was done, after we signed the contract, like, dude, like you're an NFL player. Like, sit back and think about that for a second. Like, you're like you finally realize your dream and you're an NFL player. Um, that's absolutely the best feeling out of the entire process. Um, not them winning games, not them having a crazy awesome stats, not having an awesome season. That one day is the best feeling there is. Um, and kind of, you kind of here these guys are all tough and macho and they get a little emotional on that day. Every single time, um, almost every single guy, um, they go home and realize and they usually call you that night or the next morning. You're like, man, I finally did it. Like, this is finally here. That's the best feeling in the world. That's gotta be, that's awesome. That really is. I mean, you see them in the, when you watch the draft and you see the guys sit in their living room with, yeah. with their families and it just, usually the whole family was just, it's just, there's so much excitement and because it's years of work to try and, and, and reach that one goal. And, and I hate it for guys who don't hear their name calls. I mean, I, it's, it's still good to be able to get a contract, even as an undrafted free agent. And we can, I'll talk about, I'll ask you a question in a second, but just, man, to, to hear your name on draft day called out, that means a team thought highly of you, enough of you, even in a seven round draft, that they made sure to save one of their like eight, nine picks maybe for you. Like that's, 
that's crazy. That's got to just be an awesome moment. Oh, it's awesome. And I like, I get, I'm kind of excited. I'm sweating a little bit just talking about it. I get so excited because um, that really is the coolest part about it. Um, and we almost, see, I, we were watching the draft, watching the first and second, third rounds and almost getting emotional just seeing the guys. Um, Cause like, that's what you do it for. And we're around these guys all the time. And a, and a typical fan um, or someone who's not close to an athlete doesn't really see everything that goes in. They see the games, they hear about the practices, but I mean, these guys are eating a certain type every single day. They're not going out doing things. A lot of other college kids are a lot of it for, I say, depending on the player, um, but they're missing out on a lot of those things that the, co- that the other college guys didn't get to live. Um, they're sacrificing everything at the small, small, tiny chance they get to call their name permanent drafted. Um, so when it actually happens, or if they don't get drafted and do get to sign a deal, it's still the most rewarding day of the year. I'm, I'm curious your opinion. I, I've, I've heard this, or I've had this told to me a couple times, that in, in many cases you would almost rather, and, I, and I, not to take away from the experience of getting drafted, but you would almost rather be an undrafted free agent than get drafted in the sixth or seventh round from the situation of, the money's not necessarily that much worse. And I guess sometimes it can be better. Also, you have the option of choosing what team you want to go to as opposed to going to whatever team drafted you, which may not have the, the best situation for you at your spot. Um, what, what's kind of your opinion on that? Absolutely. Um, that's 100% the truth. Um, and I have a perfect example this year. Um, we had a guy who kind of going back to his pro day did get canceled. Um, he wasn't in a combine invite. Um, talked to some teams day three of the NFL draft, and they were calling us that morning. Um, and we're saying, hey, um, one team said we've got a fourth-round pick, a fourth-round grade on it, but since we don't have medicals, and he had a couple injuries his senior season, missed a game or two here and there, and he said since we don't have a medical done on him, our GM told us we're not allowed to draft a day three pick without a medical. Um, and so with that being said, we had a couple other teams say the same thing a little bit later rounds. Um, but with that being said, when it got – to the sixth and seventh rounds, we already knew, I mean, he'd been recruited. This was a guy in 19 teams called. So we'd already begin recruited. We have done analyzations over depth charts. We've looked at the contracts. We had watched film on these other players um, from these teams that if, in just in case we do go undrafted, what is the best spot for our guy? Um, and so we had a tier, we had three teams on our tier one. Um, and so we, at the end of the day, we put so much time into analyzing these depth charts and watching to make sure he does go in the right spot when he goes undrafted. Um, my heart was very, my heart and my head was very, were very conflicted, um, because he wanted to be drafted. Um, he almost would rather be drafted by a team who isn't as good of a situation just to hear his name called. Um, so it was very conflicting for me because once it got to the end of the seventh, I'm like, he's way better of a player than this. Um, please just let him keep going. Um, so we can get him to the right spot. Um, the kid wants to hear it and it's a very hard thing to, um, talk about and explain to these guys. It's like, yeah, I don't want you to get drafted in the seventh round. And their heart just hurts because that's all they want is to hear their name called their entire life. Um, that was absolutely the best situation. Um, we actually got him more guaranteed money than he would have gotten if he were drafted in the last 12 picks of the NFL draft. Um, so not only did we get to literally pick and choose out of all these teams the exact perfect spot for him, we actually made him more money guaranteed. Um, so it ended up being a win-win situation for, for us in that situation. Um, yeah, it's, that's the hardest part because um, you're wishing he gets his name called just for him. Like, you want to see him cry those happy tears. Um, but at the end of the day, it's way better uh, business and for an agent and for the safety of the player um, and for the likelihood of him to make the 53-man roster if he does go undrafted and the agent gets to pick the exact spot for him. 
So the, the only guy that had his name called from Oklahoma State, I'll bring it back to Oklahoma State here for just a second, A.J. Green. Um, people really thought he was a, kind of a shoe-in for a, maybe a day three pick. But he, you know, ends up going on draft free agent to the Cleveland Browns. Um, do you think that had maybe had more to do with kind of everything like we talked about earlier with the guys not having the opportunity to, you know, meet with teams, you know, you know in person and things like that? Or – or maybe did he hurt himself at his combine pro day? In your opinion, you know, what, what do you think kind of happened there? Um, he's a really good kid. Um, I'll start out by saying AJ is. Um, I do think the combine hurt him. Um, his numbers hurt him. Um, absolutely did. Um, and he's also such a great kid that I do think if teams got to bring him in, they could have seen that. Because um, there are a lot of guys with character flags out in the NFL draft. And so I do think that could have absolutely given him a much better shot at getting drafted if he did get to get in there and show his personality and show how good of a kid he is and how hard of a worker he is. Um, but I'd say it's probably 60% combine, probably more 40% um, if he could get in and do the actual interviews. Um, and when you say it was a shoe in um, I've been conflicted with the media, especially this year. Um, so many mock drafts, so many things saying like, oh, this guy's going to be a fifth round pick. This guy's going to be a sixth round pick. There's a massive, massive disconnect between the media and the, NFL scouts and the NFL decision makers. Um, and when I say massive, I bring up an example. I was watching ESPN the other day, um, and Skip Bayless used an example of a team overreaching for a draft pick. He said because he was, for example, he said he was the number 124th player on Mel Kiper's board, but they drafted him with pick 68. What a horrible pick. Um, and that's the most ridiculous uh, basis for that argument on earth. Um, because if Mel Kiper, and no offense, if he were that great of an NFL evaluator, he would be in the NFL evaluating talent. Um, and so with that being said, there's a huge disconnect. Um, and so I think that hurt him. Um, I think that absolutely did hurt him. Um, but if he could have got in, if he could have spoken with the decision makers himself and got to see his personality, he would have had a much, much better chance um, of being drafted. So I, I, I want you to kind of talk about your role as an agent. Like, I don't think everyone actually understands what an agent does beyond helping guys sign a contract and, and figure out how to make their money. Um, but to me, I, from what I've always seen, agents serve a wide range of roles beyond just dealing with the contract. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of just give you some examples through this year. Um, when we do everything for these guys, um, and I'm a younger agent, um, so I do my relationship with my players is a lot stronger than a typical 50-year-old agent who has kids and a wife and didn't really have time, as much time for these guys. Um, like, I had a player call me about two weeks ago, kind of emotional about breaking up with his girlfriend. Um, I mean, we do everything, um, especially during this Corona. So I'll talk to you kind of through the first four or five kind of main things um, that we do other than just contracts. And I'll tell you about all the kind of small things we've helped our guys with, especially during Corona. Um, Cause that kind of threw a wrench in things and we had to jump into roles that we've never had to really do before. Um, so we negotiate the contract. Um, we are talking and throwing their name out, throwing film out, talking with these teams, trying to convince them, you know, why this guy's better than the other. Um, that's a very, very large part of it. Um, and it's, I say convincing. We don't do a lot of the convincing. Um, uh, people do think, like, we're calling them, like, oh, this guy's better than this guy because of this. They're NFL scouts. Like I was saying earlier, they're NFL scouts for a reason. They, they trust their eye. They trust their thumb on the timer more than they trust anyone else. Um, and so it's really a lot of it is getting feedback from them. Um, and kind of telling, so I, so we actually own our own training facility. We're the only agency in the entire business who owns our own training facility. So earlier I was talking about shipping clients off to those big facilities. We don't do that. Um, we employ our strength coaches. We employ all of our coaches. 
Um, so how it's different for us is I'm getting feedback from all of these NFL scouts, these GMs, these decision makers, and I'm going back to our strength coaches and our speed coaches. Like, hey, it's 40 time. When you, we have to work on his 40 time. So with A.J. Green, a huge question mark was his direct line speed um, and his 40 time. That was a huge, huge thing for him. Um, and so we put a lot of emphasis on the 40. It's, hey, his lateral speed is bad. We have to have a good three cone. We have to have a good shell time. Um, so it's really getting a bunch of that info. Um, another one is marketing these players um, to brands and companies. Um, people think that, like, you know, I'm the agent. All I do is a contract. Well, I do all their marketing contracts. I, do, I make all of the calls for my guys, whether it's a free product for an Instagram post um, or whether that's a $100,000 deal with Nike um, or Panini. Uh, it's a huge, it's a bit large trading card company. Um, so we're, as soon as they signed to us, we're trying to negotiate a trading card deal for them. Um, for example, a trading card deal with Panini sometimes will equal 15 to 20,000 cards and a player can get paid anywhere from a dollar to a Joe Burrow, $20 a signature. Um, so you can do the math right there and see how much money that guy can make essentially right off the bat. Um, so we're negotiating those deals. We're getting them kind of some free stuff for Instagram, some free stuff to post a little tweet, um, taking them through that. And a lot of the things we do, so we, we plan all of their meals. We get their rental cars during the process. Um, like I said, my player called me about his girlfriend. Um, during the corona, during this coronavirus, all gyms closed down. Um, as you guys know, everyone listening, every state, the gyms closed down. Well, these are elite level athletes um, training for, so this problem kind of happened with my NFL clients who are already in the league. Uh, they had nowhere to train. Um, it's like I can go outside and do ladder drills or hop in a sand pit. Um, that's not getting my body ready. Um, so we were calling around different trainers we knew, different training facilities. Like, hey, could we open up just for my guy? Could we do a, an appointment kind of workout? Um, for one of our guys, we actually even reached out to a um, rogue. It's a weightlifting. They do all like the bars, the racks, um, dumbbells. They make all of those. Um, so we actually reached out and did a little deal. So for our client, he did a couple Instagram posts and um, tweets. And he actually got a very, very discounted weight set shipped to his house. Um, and so something you don't, yeah, think an agent, he just talks to the NFL teams, does the contracts and never talks to them again. No, we were getting weight sets shipped across the country. Um, you kind of do everything for your guy, um, especially when you do are closer with our guys and don't have such a massive agency. Um, you do absolutely anything these guys need to be 100% honest. You help them um, hire a moving company to move out of their college dorms. Because that's what a lot of people don't think about. As soon as the um, pro, or as soon as they get done playing their bowl game or their last game of the season, you want to get them training as soon as possible. Well, what about his dorm? What about all of his clothes? I mean, if he's from Oklahoma State and he goes to train in California, we're going to fly him there. So what about shipping his car? What about shipping all his belongings? Who's going to move him out? Um, so you kind of manage everything that has to do with their lives, really. Um, and that's kind of the fun in it because um, you do get these clients where you can really affect their lives, not really just on the football field and their contract. Um, you can teach them life skills. Uh, we helped open one of our guys' bank account. Um, we had – as crazy as it sounds, there are some college football players who don't have driver's license yet. Um, there's been an example, a buddy of mine actually took his client to get his driver's license. Um, and they drove around a mall to teach him his driving skills. Um, so to go back to your question, we literally do all of it. Um, that's kind of how, that's kind of our pitch is who can do the most um, and who's willing to do the most and who can help the guy out. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'll throw a few questions at you real quick here and you don't have to name any names. I don't want you to say any teams or anything that might get you in any sort of trouble or on someone's bad side. Um, strangest like thing that's happened during a negotiation. Well, 
I do want to name the team almost. Um, so, for example, we had a player this year. It's oh, great you asked this, this timing. Um, we had a player this year who we were down to two teams. Um, one team had been, quote, unquote, as I mentioned earlier, recruiting him because um, they knew he was going to be a free agent. So they'd had the GM. That was the guy I was talking about. He did a Zoom meeting with the GM, the head coach, position coach. Um, so we were really kind of going to them. We loved their depth chart. We liked how they were going to use our client. Well, another team started calling a lot probably day one of the draft saying, hey, if he goes undrafted, we would be interested. Um, and they started blowing us up. They probably called us six times a day over the next three days. Um, the, after the draft, we were down to two teams, and we called team B, we'll say, the team we didn't decide on, um, and told them, hey, we're not going to go with you guys. Thank you. Like, thank you for the negotiation process. Thank you for treating them well. But we decided to go with someone else. Um, we were berated. Um, this scout texted our player, um, do not let your agent ruin your effing career. Um, we had a position coach call us and cuss us out um, for not sitting him there. Um, his whole pitch was, I don't call free agents. You don't understand how big of a deal this is and how much we want him. And we kind of just laughed like, well, John Lynch, sorry, that's the team, this player. <laughs> John Lynch doesn't call players either, and he's been calling him. Um, and so that was kind of the biggest thing. I mean, he – it was a very – yeah, um, the John Lynch was a good team. I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah, that's yeah, cut that. Yeah, don't – I'll bleep the name just so we – to keep yourself in line. No one's, oh, no, one, no, no, no one's slandering John Lynch. It's okay. No, he okay. went with that team. John Lynch. Fair, fair. okay. Fair. Um, but this other team, yeah, cussed us out, texted him, three different phones. Guys who hadn't even reached out during the process um, were trying to say they're not, they're doing you a disservice, blah, 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 um, when we weren't. That was 100% the best spot for our client. We'd done enough research. We'd spoke with different teams, different scouts. That was 100% the best place for our client. That's where he wanted to go. At the end of the day, we work for our guys. Um, and we kind of look at it, it's more of a relationship, it's more of a business relationship. Like I'll work, if you, you work your butt off every single day and I'm gonna work my butt off every single day. Um, but at the end of the day, it is the client's decision where he goes. And the client made a decision to go to the 49ers since I already left that out. Um, and team B, the other team was not happy with that, blamed us agents for potentially ruining his career. Um, so that was one of the craziest things that have happened to me during negotiations. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you already mentioned a few good ones and, and taking a, a client to, to take his driver's test and learn how to drive is pretty good. Uh, so I don't even know. Is there something, is there something weirder or just kind of more like unusual you've had to help the client out with? Oh, I don't well, mean like dead hookers and blow. I just mean like. Um, that was probably the weirdest I've had. I luckily I haven't had to help my guys do too much weird stuff. Um, sending a guy a weight set was a little bit different. Um, cause typically it's easy. He can just go on and buy it himself. Um, but they were sold out of everything. Um, so we had to do that, but I have been lucky, um, and haven't had to do too many crazy things. I didn't have to teach a client how to drive. Um, so I've been lucky and I haven't had to do too many things for my guys. Um, kind of pretty straightforward with them that we're all adults here. Um, and I'm actually pretty close to your age. So I can <laughs> teach you to do a lot of things. I've helped open bank accounts, um, introduced, uh, sat down with clients, um, and they interviewed six different financial advisors in a day. Um, so I've done all, lots of different things, but I haven't done anything too crazy um, past, past a buddy who helped someone learn how to drive. Okay. Uh, obviously, as an agent, like a parent, you love all of your children equally. So I would never want to ask you, who you who's your favorite client. Um, but if there was one NFL player you could land as a client, who would you like that? Who would that be? I could land one NFL player as a client. Um, any, any, anyone on in a roster right now? Um, I have to watch these guys all the time, so it's going to be someone super exciting. And the first name that thought to my head was Aaron Donald. 
Um, I um, had done some work with his agency in the past. Uh, when I was in college, I actually did an internship with him. Um, and so had been around Aaron, um, worked with Aaron a little bit. And he is one of the greatest um, athletes I've ever been around. He was such a good dude. Um, it was actually, I was friends with Emmanuel Agba in college. And that was actually the year before Emmanuel was coming out. And I was sitting there saying, oh, yeah, I'm hanging out with Aaron Donald, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, like, tell Aaron Donald, like, give me some tips. Like, ask Aaron Donald what I need to work on. And me and Aaron Donald, I mean, I was about 5'11", 160 pounds, one pound of muscle. Um, we were out there doing D-line drills, and he was kind of teaching me stuff that I can go show Emmanuel. Um, so probably him. He's just so exciting to watch, man. Um, he's such a good dude. I think he's changed the interior D-line game forever. Um, everyone's like, oh, you're six foot, six one. you're under 300 pounds, and oh, you're too small. Like, well, Aaron Donald's not too small for anything. He's got a six-pack as an interior D-line. Um, so that would be my guy if I got to choose. And he makes some money, um, and I wouldn't be mad to get a percentage of that. <laughs> bread it up. Um, you definitely got bread it up a couple off seasons ago. Yeah, I'm going to be 100% honest on that one. That'd be a pretty nice paycheck. I like how you both name dropped. I know Aaron Donald and I know Emmanuel Ogba. That was smooth. That was very nice. Well, Oklahoma State guy, you know, I had to. I had to yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Very cool. Just a very little cool. shameless name drop. No, no big deal. Hey, what? that's the fun. This is supposed yeah. to be fun. No doubt. Exactly. No, no. I've never felt like I've worked in my life. I get to hang out with college guys and NFL guys all day. So it's always fun. That's very awesome, cool. man. Well, this so has been a ton of fun. Uh, I, I'm good. Uh, I think you hit a lot of different topics. You answered our, our questions really well. We appreciate it, man. This was a ton of fun. Uh, for anyone that doesn't follow your work or wants to follow you on social media, where can they do that? Say that one more time. So you, uh, like, so just plug your social media real quick. Yeah, just Luke McMurtry, at Luke McMurtry, L-U-K-E-M-C-M-U-R-T-R-E-Y. Um, definitely more active on Instagram um, because that's kind of the new way to recruit guys is kind of have a cool Instagram. Um, but we'd love for people to follow along, kind of see everything and see how my clients are doing this year. All right, Luke, thank you so much, man. This is a ton of fun. I appreciate yeah. you guys for having me on. Thank you. Yeah.